With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekram. I'm Matt Letizier. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Facebook, Instagram, and Telegram on In That Number Podcast. Email us with your thoughts and feelings on In That Number Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and if you like what you hear, consider showing your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash In That Number. Let's march on in. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number, part of the Sports Social Network. This is episode 205. Another very busy week in the world of Southampton. Uh, there's players gone, players arriving, new contracts, window has slammed shut and a long trip to Sunderland, which ended in humiliation. Thankfully, we have a week off to gather our thoughts properly uh, and then we can get ready for the return to action against Leicester on the 15th. Uh, we have Tim on hand to help us prepare for this. Uh, we also have the awards for, for Golden Player of the Month to give out like anybody cares now uh but joining me to go through everything is the moscow mesh kevin milverton say hello kevin hello kevin how are you kevin i'm all right 
Um, I think. I'm still in shock after yesterday. But, um, hey, you know, the weather's nice, so let's go out and do something instead. <laughs> well, we could just sit in and record a podcast and talk about how bad we were yesterday, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, do we have to? I'm, I'm, I'm afraid so. And we've got Tim Bizantz, uh joining us again. So, Tim, what a week, huh? Yeah, it's been crazy uh, a lot going on but we've got a three-day weekend here stateside so let's take advantage of it while it's great weather outside even though the saints fucking suck <laughs> labor day weekend <laughs> isn't it that is correct labor day mm, yeah okay so yes uh oh and also it was your anniversary in the week as well so i just want to say happy birth uh, just want to say happy anniversary to you and abby so yeah happy wooden. thank you very much yeah, happy birthday to me and uh, the, the birth of the birth of our relation or our marriage. That is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Saturday, Labor Day weekend, we got married five years ago. Well, five years. Uh, so on September 1st, she's listening this far. Abby, I love you. If she's not, well, I'm still going to get bonus points and uh, <laughs> for, for that. Excellent. I'm going to cut that out, by the way, so she doesn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Of course I won't. Um, anyway, uh, yes, the window closes um, and on-field performance against Sunderland was absolutely shocking. Um, I'm still I'm still numb uh, from the Saturday, I guess, and I don't even know where to begin. It's just, oh, Kevin, you said, you know, the Stadium of Light, or as you said yesterday, it truly was the Stadium of Shite. Yeah, they provided the stadium, we provided the shite. Exactly. Well, I'm glad we can provide something anyway, but yeah. Um, let, let's ignore Sunderland. Just for a bit, and we'll concentrate on the window, and, and perhaps I don't know the greatest. Perhaps throwing them all out of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, perhaps the greatest bit of business we, we've had is blocking Che. We've got Sulemana, and we still have Kai Walker Peters, and I mean there were fears that Alcaraz would move at the start of the window, uh, but that, that obviously hasn't happened. Stu stayed because um, I feared a return to Scotland for him. I'm reading through some of the comments on our Discord. You know, if we signed Ross Stewart and then lost Che, it would be a downgrade. So I'd have to agree with that. That didn't happen. Um, but, I mean, we'll, we'll get into the ins and outs uh, very shortly in the ITN news. So without going too in-depth, fellas, um, with everything I've just said, give your summer window a grade. Seven, six, seven. I mean, if to get ten, we'd have would have had to have kept Prousey. Yeah, seven. Seven, I think's fine. Honestly, it's really hard to put a grade on this season, uh, at least this offseason. There's so much to consider and think about being relegated. You know, what is what was needed? What do you want? Uh, I mean, all in all, I, I, I could write a thesis on you know, point by point values. If you want to give me a grade, sure, I think seven's maybe the, the best bet because Everything's going to sting. You lose Ward Prowse, you lose Tino, the two players that I think were most important for, in, in my opinion, to keep around. And uh, then you lost players that aren't going to be as uh, as, as problematic. Uh, that would be Tella, for example. And you kept a few players though that I kind of expect didn't expect to be here. Um, I didn't expect Kyle Walker Peters to be here, and uh, I actually also did not expect a Benark to be here. So uh, interesting. We'll see how things go. But I guess seven is probably what we what I put I'd put together with as a great. Fair enough. That's cool. It, it's still that. not too late. I mean, there are other leagues that whose window is still open. So yeah, theoretically, this, they could sign. Yeah, the, the Saudi leagues open. 
the, Bel- yeah. the Belgian league is open through the fifth. So like, you could see Gineppo and uh, Tall Paul go. Mm, hopefully. Yeah, I've, I've been reading all the uh, all the comments uh, from the last couple of days on the Discord. Um, I haven't had a... Uh, I mean, I just love sitting there reading through it all because I don't, even though I don't contribute all the time, it's, it's nice to hear all your thoughts. So, yeah, if you are interested in, in joining that Discord, then just get in touch and you can join in with all the all the game discussions and pre-game and predictions and, yeah, fantasy football, all that. So, yeah, as I said before, completely free to enter. So if you want to join us there, then just, uh, just get in touch. Um, and a reminder, uh, if you're enjoying the show and you want to support us, uh, then please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. OK, uh, right. So we've got a lot, a lot to go through with the, with the window and all that. So let's uh, let's hit the ITN news now, then. Yeah, dude. This is ITN in that number news. OK, uh, as Tim said, yeah, lots to go through. I could write a thesis on it. We'll start with the arrivals then. We'll just go through them from from the whole of the summer uh, and then uh, we'll talk about the new recruits. Derek Abu arrived from Chelsea on a free. Uh, Josh McNamara from Man City. I've uh, got Ryan Manning from Swansea. Shay Charles from Man City. Joe Lumley from Middlesbrough. Zach Hall from Arsenal. Uh, and most recently in the week, Ross Stewart from Sunderland. The lone arrivals, of course, we've got Flynn Downs, Ryan Fraser, Mason Holgate, and on the deadline day, Taylor Harwood Bellis from Man City. Let's start with these, though, because we, we, we discussed at the, the previous signing, so we'll just go over the new additions that, that you know happened on the week on, on deadline day on Friday. Uh, Taylor Harwood Bellis arrived Friday's deadline, as I say, earliest bit of business, um, and it's a good one. 21-year-old centre-back from Man City. Uh, of course, you'll know that he spent last season on loan at Burnley. 35 appearances for them and uh, helping them to, to the Premier League as champions. Uh, Burnley fans seem to love him. Uh, you can see why. I mean, he's, he's also captain England number 21 at the Euros. And, of course, they, they won that tournament without even conceding a goal. So, uh, yeah, both parties extremely happy with this deal. Uh, but perhaps the added bonus is, is the fact that we've inserted the obligation to buy uh, if we're promoted, which would cost us a further £20 million. But if he helps us promote it, and that £20 million will seem like a steal. I think this is a good bit of business. Tim, uh, lots of fans are putting out depth charts, and many of them are pairing uh, THB and Jack Stevens with uh, Bednarek and Holgate taking a seat would you agree with that well, Stevens isn't going to be Stevens is going to be in the lineup for a long time no no but I know but I just meant if he was fit everyone ready if you had to start it all off yes I think Stevens and uh, Harwood Bellis would probably be the starting group uh, one because we were just shown that Holgate is not very good and two is I think Harwood Bellis is just that good that was the plant Bednarik and we see Stevens is a is long term here uh, to me, I don't, I, do, I actually see, see though with, I don't think, see Stevens coming back in the lineup with Harwood Bellis coming in. I think Harwood Bellis is going to be great. And I think Benaric is going to be a, a good pairing with him. And I think they're going to stick it out and they're not going to, they're not going to want to flip, but Stevens could be out for a long time. So uh, we'll just play that game. Kevin, I, I'm almost certain that after Holgate's disappointing debut, that, that Harwood Bellis will be starting at home. Uh, to Leicester in a fortnight. You'd really like to fucking think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, wow. Well, yes. Uh, but in terms of this deal, uh, you've got to be happy with this, right? And 
As I say, Burnley fans have been raving about him, which begs the question, why didn't they splash the cash to get him on a permanent? If he was that easy to, to insert that obligation to buy, why didn't Burnley do that in the first place? I mean, it's the first time I've heard of this kind of clause, but it, it makes um, totally makes sense. Wants to be part of the promotion and wants to be playing Premier League football. We give him that step up and um, he can be part of the team whilst he does that. 20 million, quite a lot. I suppose, but uh, yeah, he did do well at Burnley last season, so yeah, maybe maybe sounds about right. I think with the under twenty one captaincy under his belt as well, I think there's a big big future for him, and Man City wouldn't you know give him up for anything too cheap. So I, I think it's pretty fair. He also said, Kev, that he he wants to win. Oh, well, I mean, you've come to the wrong place, mate. If you want to win, you should have stayed in Manchester. <laughs> yeah, that that is that is very true. I mean, I, I'm not sure that uh, you'll find a player who ever says, I want to lose. Um, <laughs> although, if we did have such players, maybe that would explain yesterday a little bit more. <laughs> but um, no, definitely, yeah, positive sign. Um, another stamp on the Man City loyalty card. Yes, yeah, and up, up, to, up to up to five now, is it? One more for a free <laughs> yeah, In Haaland, he's not doing anything, is he? Nah. And another deadline day coup was the very elusive striker that we wanted. Uh, but Ross Stewart comes in, 27-year-old Scotland international. Frankie, we've got half the Tartan army now, haven't we? You've got Armstrong, Fraser, Adams, Stewart. Um, anyway, yeah, so he's, he's signed a three-year deal, which uh, will take him up to 30, uh, for a fee reported around 10 million. He's enjoyed a great spell at Sunderland uh, and in Scotland before. He's earned the nickname the Loch Ness Drogba. So that's 40 goals in 81 appearances. And the problem is keeping him fit. We all know this. Not a secret. You know, he's currently recovering from an Achilles injury. Um, and I've spoken to a few Sunderland fans and some have been great, some not so much, although I sense more of them are bitter, which only makes me like the guy more. Tim, we, we've been calling for a goal scorer, uh, and we've got one. Once we've shaken off this defeat to, to Sunderland and we return to Leicester, um, who also lost on Saturday, by the way, um, we've had the chance to get the new squad settled. This will be a better squad with Ross Stewart amongst its numbers, right, assuming we can keep him out of the treatment room. Yeah, I'm. when you consider Adams being here, and then you have you signed Stewart, and then I'm surprised once again Mara didn't leave and all of this. And if Tall Paul does head off to Belgium, really we have a pretty damn good squad. Uh, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. And between I feel that between Adams and Armstrong, we can you know we can have 35 goals between those two. They can we can we can push on with that. And then Stewart. He's able to come in, rotate in, you know, play some, start some games here and there based on injury, and come, you know, come in as a stub, uh, get those goals. And if we keep him out of the treatment room, it, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty good. And Kev, yeah, you've already ruined the uh, the new signings for me by giving them nicknames. Um, Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. There you go. He's going to be known as Rod Stewart from now on. <laughs> Do we think he's sexy? <laughs> well, we'll find out. Are you happy with this signing? Uh yeah. I think if it's a replacement for Shea, um, you were right to say it's a downgrade. Totally agree with that. Um, we, have, we need to be keeping Shea. Um, although, again, look at yesterday's performance. Who knows what for? Um, but, yeah, having an extra option, never a bad thing, is what we've been crying out for. Um, still a bit strange that we've got five, ostensibly we've got five strikers. If we include Mara and Onuachu, surely we can't pass up the opportunity to get rid of one of them because I don't think they're really going to see see much game game time at all. Well, Mara played yesterday, but he didn't play up front. He played on the right, which is another question of like what, yeah, why, why? A lot, but a lot of questions. A lot of questions. You say you've got these five strikers. It's it's probably okay if you're playing with two up top, but we haven't done that yet. So yeah, there's a lot of mm-hmm. options there. 
Um, departures then, of course, we've got we've got a lot of them have gone out. Um, so every departure from the summer, we've got Dan Alundal, who's gone to Bolton, Kedge Chalky's gone to Burton Albion, Mislap Orsic has gone to Trabzonspor, uh, Ibrahim Diallo has gone to Al Duhal in Qatar, Mohamed Salisi's gone to Monaco, Tino Levermento, of course, to Newcastle, James Ward-Prowse to West Ham, Romeo Lavia to Chelsea, Nathan Teller to Bayer Leverkusen, and Kazim Allegbi has gone to Circle Bruges. Kev, we've discussed all, uh, including up to Teller, but Kazim Allegbi has joined Bruges, as I say, a big part of the under-21s for four years now. And us two, as I say, we, we were discussing this yesterday about our youth and uh, we're a team that prides ourselves on, on youth and, and giving them a pathway to the first team. But but really, we've struggled integrating them and, and haven't done so in a number of years, really, have we? No. Yeah, it just doesn't seem to be happening. That that so-called Southampton way um, is leading us in uh, a different direction. Yeah, rather than having um, a slightly thinner squad and bringing in youth players uh, to fill in emergency gap roles or for rotation, uh, haven't really been seeing that. Sam Amo Amio um, yeah dropped into the deep end a little bit this season. Probably really the only sort of breakthrough talent you could say the last couple of uh, months or years. But yeah, we seem to have a habit of um, getting them up to the level where they're too good for the B team and then sending them out on loan and either they come back and they're not ready and we send them out on loan again. Or as we see with Teller, they have a successful loan spell and then we flog them off. So yeah, really, they're all bust to the first team, team seem to be blocked, which is disappointing because you'd think that would be one of the benefits in dropping down a league is that you you get more chance to have the younger players show their talents, but not to be. Yeah, and we thought that was going to happen with Don Ballard, of course, but he's gone out to Reading. Um, and yeah, like you said, he dropped down a league. There's a chance for him to actually make his way through to that first team. And I, I suppose you could argue that, yeah, as you say, Sam Amoami, you got Cami Doyle. Uh, he's hasn't gone anywhere. He's, you know, a product of that under 21 team. And he looks, I mean, he's had a few first team appearances and whether he's been on the bench and all that. Nathan Teller, you said, but of course, that proves your point. He's been sold. Will Smallbone. I mean, that's probably the only one that has come up through the through the youth and and is a first team regular. Has had the chance to play first team regular. Has gone out on loan. Has come back and now he's in that first team. So again, that's probably the only one that we have had in the last few years. Um, had Saints remained a Premier League mm-hmm. team, would those players get the looking that they're getting now though? Like Doyle and and, and well Ballard's not getting the looking anyway. Uh, Smallbone probably would have done at some point. Uh, but then again, you know, you would have kept the likes of Lavia and James Ward-Prowse had you not been relegated. The reason these young players have a pathway right now is because we've dropped down. That's it. And they would probably have sealed another loan because, you know, they aren't quite consistent enough to make a Premier League run well, in, in, the, in a team in the Premier League. So, yeah, it, it's, it's quite worrying, isn't it, that we haven't had a, a youth player that's come up through the ranks like a James Ward-Prowse or someone that has had a consistent length of time in that team and you'd struggle going back a few years to find out a really successful player that's done that yeah and we were hoping it would be Ballard this season but again no no not yet and what the future is for him I don't know but yeah no, no more departures on a permanent basis but plenty that we I don't know plenty that we expect never to come back after their loan spells end I guess um so those loan loans that have gone out we've got Ollie Wright to Bath City Nico Lawrence to Colchester United Mateus Liss at Gustaper Duja Chaleta Saar to Leon. again I don't expect him to come back. Uh, Lewis, Plains, Lewis Payne's gone to Newport County. Thierry Small to St Mirren. Prime example of it, you know, you can't find a, a pathway into the first team. Just keep sending him out on loan. Uh, Roman Perro to Nice. I'd like to see him back. Uh, Lianco, Al 
Al Harif Harafa. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, that is how you pronounce it. Yeah, Al Harafa. Oh. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, Jack Bycroft uh, has gone to Aldershot Town, although that's a short-term loan. Uh, Don Ballard to Reading. Armel Belakotchap to PSV. Do we expect him back? Not quite sure. Um, again, a lot of this depends on whether we get promoted. Uh, Matt Carson, Braintree Town. That's again, is a, a short-term loan. Ryan Finnegan's gone to Shrewsbury Town and Luke Pierce to Torquay United. So a lot of players gone out on loan, like we expected. Don Ballard, then, will get his chance at first-team football playing in League One for Ruben Sayers' Reading. Very good move for him, Tim. But I, I, I'm sad to see him go, really, because I was hoping that he would get that that uh, that time in the first team this season. It makes all too much sense. It was Sayers being their manager... And he obviously assigned a few players and not seeing that push push to it. I think he was it was probably pushed by him too as well. He's going to go out and do it. I think as a League One uh, chance in, in Reading, where he's going to be probably a top half team in in League One, uh, he can definitely flourish and show his stuff. So I think it's actually a good move all around mm. for him. And I'm actually I'm actually happy with how that ended up. Yeah, it's, it's definitely good for him. Oh, my Belakotchak, the saga is over. And he's gone to PSV uh, until the end of the season. Um, I wouldn't say that saga's over. I think <laughs> we just kick that can down the road a little bit. Well, actually, uh, we were on that then. I, you know, it was obvious that he was going to be one of the players that, that, that went. He hasn't actually gone. I... I I don't think he's going to come back. I don't think there's whether we get promoted or not. I don't think he's ever going to play for Saints again. So that's why I say the saga's over. Yeah, but we should have moved him on. I mean, there was a lot of interest from Bundesliga clubs, and we were looking at around um, 20 million for him. So for him just to go out on loan, I think that's a big disappointment for me. You think that's a mistake? They should have just been cash. Yeah, in but, on him. yeah. I mean, you know, take a million or two discount and you know, sell them for 18 million instead. But you know, then that problem solved. A lot of things can happen in a year or a season. What if he's an absolute disaster at PSV? He's not going to be worth 20 million this time next season. What if he picks up an injury? That's just going to be an extra problem that now we've got to deal with. Different club. So you're, disappoint- like, yeah, you're really disappointed, disappointed with that, and you're also disappointed with Onuachu mm. still being here. Yeah, yeah, I quite kind of am. Yeah. Mm. No, no, kind of, kind of am. I'm definitely am. Onuachu is useless. Tim, twelve players departed, eight new faces in. Uh, the end of last season was just awful. I mean, looking at our squad, and knowing it would be ripped apart. Uh, Ward Prowse, Lavia, Tino, Teller, Salisu, key players. We've lost those, uh, but we've made a mint in return, and we've managed to keep Che. Alcaraz, Sulemana, Kai Walker-Peters. It has been a crazy four months and we're facing uncertainty, but it's over now <laughs> a little bit. Uh, would you admit that it wasn't as bad as you first feared at the end of May? It's bad because it, there's the top heavy losses of Tino and Ward-Prowse. So, you know, you have the sentimental value, too, on top of uh, everything else when it comes to the transfers. Uh, after that, though, uh, it could have been a lot worse. And I think that we... I think Shea Charles is going to be a great player uh, mm. in whatever role. I think I really do. I think that defensive midfield. I think he's going to have. He's going to work his way, and he's going to keep himself in. I think Harwood Bellis, as somebody who's watched Burnley a bunch of times, I watched a couple of the highlights of the for him at the U21s, and to be able to snag the, the captain from the Euro from from that winning team, uh, that's fantastic. Mm. And then uh, you know, when you look at it on surface level, you've got Fraser who. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, he's kind of a shithead in previous uh, stints at different places, but could definitely pick himself up. Holgate, in theory, would have, you know, was a was a was a was a solid signing. Um, but then, you know, oh, we're going to get we, we maximize the fee that we got for Lavia. Uh, Tella got probably more than I anticipated if he was going to sign for Burley, Burnley. And you know, we definitely left. There's definitely some other people that that left that I didn't expect us to, to be able to get off the, the books. So to me, you know, like that seven, eight threshold, um, could be, it could, it could have been worse. It could be a lot better. Yeah. And Kev playing devil's advocate a bit here. I know, I know because of the mood you're in um, and rightly so 190 million pound in sport Republic's pocket and a measly 10 million out just to appease the fans here. And then we don't replace Teller despite promising it will happen. And no, Suleimana or Fraser aren't that. And I think I read somewhere that we made the second most profit in Europe behind Barcelona. That You, you look at it like that and you think, right, this I, is... I've seen that we made more profit than Barcelona. OK, well, that just, yeah, that just goes to show, doesn't it? I mean, you, you make 190 million and you're spending 10 million that Sport Republic. I don't know, are we being ignorant or arrogant rather than thinking that you can sell your best players not replace them with top quality ones and uh, still uh, ex- expect to get promoted time will tell i suppose yeah i mean it does feel like we're being kind of carpet bagged at the moment doesn't it yeah we're having all our best assets sold and not replacing them with players of you know even a similar quality yeah again we have to remember we're we're, we're not having to compete in the premier league we're having to compete in the championship but if you want to win the league you need to have players of Premier League quality. We've seen this season is the sort of thing that you can only really do once. It's like privatising state property. You know, once they're once they're sold, once they're gone, mm-hmm. uh, you can't do it again. So it's not a source of income. Should soften the blow of you know the gulf in in finances that we have. But yeah, if we're in the Championship for another season, next season, that's going to make it even more difficult going forward. Well, we've got no more assets to sell. Exactly. Yeah, that gap's going to get wider. Uh, so we're going to have to end up uh, losing, you know, our highest paid players or our highest valued players. Uh, I, I wouldn't see uh, Carl Walker Peters sticking around for a second season in the championship. And there's probably a few other players that you could lump in there as well. We've also got another window in January to uh, contend with as well, but let's put that to bed for now. But um, yeah, and yeah. It, it's hard to believe that there are there is more news around the club without including the window and that Sunderland result. But there, there are some positives. Uh, Will Smallbone, he, he's got a new contract, new deal, new three-year deal. So that that's great news. And uh, he marked his new deal with a return to the eleven uh, after recovering. Wow. 
Uh, amazing that that was set, you know, for months out. But as soon as the window nears an end, you know, he's got a new deal and he's straight. He's fit enough to start. So I'm, I'm not saying anything. But, yeah, that's that's a good bit of news, fellas. Yeah, we've we got to be happy with that because there was talk about him going back to the Premier League uh, on a permanent transfer at the start of the window. But that's, you know, that's another one that we, we you know, we're glad to put behind us and move on. Yeah, it's good to see that he hasn't sprained his uh, signing hand. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of competition for that position now. So it's going to be interesting to see who comes out. Yeah, uh, and and to Jack Stevens, uh, the injury not as bad as we first feared. Russell Martin stated, sorry, that that, that we we should fear the worst, but he's you know said that he could miss seven or eight games now. So, which is brilliant, of course, and could definitely use that experience and leadership back there, especially after Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. But that puts us to the end of October anyways. And you've got Harwood Bowes, who's going to come in and solidify that back line and going to be a, the top tier. And are you going to drop Bednarik, uh if he doesn't yes. get if he doesn't get injured? But say, for example, you know, we, you know, we st- stop, you know, we come in and actually start solidifying everything and, you know, we we have, you know, in three of the eight games or four of the eight games, we have shutouts and, and the rest of them are just one goal, you know, one goals apiece. Do you, I'm looking optimistic here. I think he's the best signing that we've had all off season. So uh, I, I don't see I, I really don't see Stevens getting back in unless uh, there's a massive injury or Benar completely falls off. That that won't be too hard to believe to be honest after Saturday um Nico Lawrence injured in duty for Colchester uh, an ankle injury which could see him miss months rather than weeks. player and goal of the month for August uh um, we'll start with player of the month Kevin who were the candidates Adam Armstrong Che Adams Wolves Bone, and Sam Amo Amiar no surprise here <laughs> the whopping 90% of the votes deservedly goes to Adam Armstrong so our first player of the month Goes to Adam Armstrong, completely deserved it. Started very, very well. Uh, Caps in the side as well on, on Saturday. Maybe that was the problem. Um, but yes, uh, and goal of the month. The candidates for goal of the month, Kevin? Uh, so it's Alcaraz's goal, consolation goal against Gillingham. Uh, Adam's goal against Norwich City. Uh, Teller's goal against Plymouth Argyle. And Adam Armstrong's against Queen Park Rangers. Yeah, a little bit closer this one. And um, Instagram actually yeah. were, were going with Teller uh, and Twitter was going with Adam Armstrong. But you calculate it all, put it all together. We do have a winner and it's Adam Armstrong again who scoops both player and goal of the month for August. Uh, that goal against QPR, uh, the winning goal against QPR. So, yeah, there we go. August done and dusted. Uh, and we move on to September, which Ooh. hasn't started very well. <laughs> for- mm, no, but I, I think isn't that that's, that must be the biggest margin we've seen for a player of the month. Uh, that, that was absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Under 21s, uh, Fulham on Friday night, Friday the 1st, uh, at Mottspur Park, uh, humbled 5-1. Uh, Jay Robinson actually opened the scoring, um, and then we faced a late onslaught. Three goals in the final two minutes compounded the misery. Uh, and without Don Ballard to put the ball in the net, I think things could be very difficult for the under 21s this year. Um, they slipped to 22nd in the table. Um, so that is not good. What is it with Southampton teams this weekend and conceding five goals? Because um, Scholing got beaten 5-1, and um, I think they were 1-0 up as well. Well, the women are FA so. Cup match. Their next match, actually, is a men's senior cup game against Cows, uh, but they return to Premier League 2 action against West Ham at Rush Green. Uh, West Ham actually have won three out of four, so 
That's not looking good. Uh, Fulham, who just beat us 5-1, by the way, at the top of the league with four wins out of four. So, uh, yeah, very good side, Fulham and West Ham. Uh, the women. Uh, at least the women haven't let us down this week, eh? Oh, well, <laughs> not yet. Uh, but uh, they're playing right now um, against Blackburn Rovers uh, at St. Mary's. Um, and it's actually half time at the moment, and it's nil-nil. Uh, but last Sunday, they opened up with a brilliant 4-1 win uh, after going 1-0 down. Uh, Casey Wilkinson, Sophia Farah, Ella Morris and Molly Pike uh, with the goals. Molly Pike with a debut goal. So good start to their season. Uh, and as I say, they're nil-nil uh, at the moment. Right. OK, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go into this dreadful, dreadful game uh, against Sunderland. So our undefeated start to the season comes crashing down, doesn't it? With an abysmal 5-0 defeat at the Stadium of Light. Uh, defensively, we just fell apart. Individuals, too, weren't, weren't good enough. Collectively, we were shambolic, just torn to shreds, really. And Martin made those four changes to the side that, that well, really squeaked a victory over QPR. Holgate and Downs handed their first starts. Mara starting out wide and, of course, Smallbone comes in. Kevin, let's let's start with that 11 then. On paper, I don't know, it's not, not too bad. But Mara on the right, no Fraser after a promising cameo against QPR. And are we still seeing an unsettled Che? I mean, if... if you know, he's still here. Why not start him? It's fucking weird, to be honest. I mean, I, I was given a very familiar sense of shock when the team sheet came out. And, um, yeah, a very familiar sense of shock when we had that disastrous match as well. So, so much for turning a new leaf uh, under Russell Martin because, yeah, we've got these same problems and same bugbears play we've got a huge squad still, even though we've you know seen some senior players go. We've got um those four loan deals in, um signed enough players, our squad's still in my opinion massive. So how you can be playing players out of position when you know we've got a surfeit of, of wide players. Um why Adam Armstrong is ostensibly the lone striker when we know that doesn't work and we've got other options as well. I would rather um, have Mara in that position than Armstrong. Uh, yeah, just just very weird. And yeah, the, the mid midfield as well. Uh, Smallbone, Downs, and Stu. Um, yeah, Stu could have played that Mara role. Yeah, and yeah, have Armstrong Armstrong sit deeper. But then you know that leaves basically um, Downs and Smallbone as a sort of double pivot. Do you really need that? No, but then Sunderland? I mean you could always put Alcaraz in there as well. Um, as I, I think. Alcaraz and Charles being missing, that that kind of, yeah, threw me a bit. I mean, at this point, defensively, I think we should just go with Shea Charles at the back because the others aren't up to it. So, I mean, when he came we on... We didn't know that, though, did we? No, of course I mean, we, we didn't. didn't but then, I say, this is all in hindsight, right? And at the point that the team sheets were out, hopes were still high, and we, we I, I thought it was a good <clears> window. And we still had that undefeated start. The moment Russell Martin can do no wrong, no reason to doubt his decisions. But now that honeymoon period is over and you can look back Quite at it in hindsight so. and think, wow, you know, what What was he doing there? Uh, I mean, the 11 seemed right. I think that getting I, – I mean, I would love to see Adam starting. I think that we should have put pressure on their back line a lot, or a lot more than we did because – I think, and I think Adams is the right person to do that, especially with a team when they were sitting back like every other team was doing. But – uh, outside of 09, who's uh, he's a fan favorite there at Sunderland. Nobody looked completely amazing 
Rather, they just played and meshed well. So it was a combination of their team just doing everything right and our team doing everything wrong. Could you put out a different 11? Yeah, maybe. I think maybe you could have argued that Downs didn't have started and Charles could have been that six and then Smallbone and, you know, taking a look at who's going to be that, uh, you know, who's going to be in that 10 role. So uh, there was a little bit of disconnect. I think our midfield definitely needs some fine tuning. But, uh, I mean, arguably, yes, it was fine, but you know, I could see any argument otherwise. Well, I don't think anybody, any of us expected Smallbone to start, did they? And probably if he wasn't starting, then Shea Charles would have been in there. Although, you say, if you, if you don't want to go too defensive, then, then put Alcaraz in there. But Flynn Downs played well when he came on against, um, against QPR. Obviously, he came on uh, for the injured... Was it Jack Stevens he come on for? Did they change it up a bit then? I can't remember. Who did he come yeah, on Yeah, for? yeah, they switched yeah. it up. Yeah, with Stevens right. injured. Yeah, and I thought he played well. So putting him in in the start, it wasn't, wasn't my concern. I just thought, yeah, okay, I think he's earned that. I, I did expect to see Ryan Fraser start because, again, he come on and changed the game against QPR, created a few things. But, yeah, I, I guess what I want to know from both of you is that were, were Sunderland, were they just that good, Kev, or were we that bad? Both. I mean, you don't get a scoreline like that in this, um, yeah, the opposition is very good and and we're very bad. That that's a concern, isn't it? If 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 we are gonna carry on like that, if it's not just a one-off, if it, if that's what we are, then that's my concern with the defeat. Is this this style? I mean, yes, we've started well, so we're not gonna. I don't want to panic, but we are so easy to score against, and we can be beat by absolutely anyone. We do have goals in us normally. But with a defeat like this so early in the season, it's a blueprint for everyone, isn't it? We are going to face better teams. And have we ignored what the MK Dons fans and and Swansea fans have said? That, you know, we're going to concede a lot of goals playing this way. But we're not Barcelona. We can't play this way and win every week. They've said we're going to concede a lot of goals. And this style, his style, is not suitable on our budget, or at least the budget that we've spent anyway, in this league. Um, it hasn't taken long, really, for the cracks to appear. I think Sunderland just rolled crits, basically, in a D20 dice. They rolled, they rolled and hit 20. And for us, for when it comes when it comes up against their attack, uh, we we just completely faltered. And uh, they found, I think it was a combination of setup, timing, luck, and well, an overall skill. I think we're, I don't say we're out of our depths, but hopefully it was a really humbling experience for us to take back and take forward into uh, the next few games yeah and kev are you concerned with this with the with martin's style and, and the budget that we've spent in this league do you think it can work i'm not panicking because yeah my uh judgment was very, very much reserved i wasn't you know getting too overexcited about team and yeah i think the results have been a little bit better than I than I expected, but not massively. That EFL Cup match against Gilliam, yeah, I mean we like to blame the players there, but you know I think I think that's uh, that's on Russell Martin too. <laughs> but I don't think it's fair to say that you know it can't be done. This style can't be done on this budget with the, these players in this league because Russell Martin's only here because he's succeeded at Swansea. Uh, use, you know, playing that style of football. But we've conceded goals from it. We've conceded too many goals from the style. You know, when he, when he came in, that's what Swansea fans were saying, that, mm. you know, you're going to score a lot of goals, but you will concede a lot of goals. And we were we were kind of fine with that. We don't have the real defensive prowess to shithouse games. 1-0, 2-0, 3-0. 
So, yeah, why not go for a style of play that's more exciting but risky? You know, that sound that sounded good to us, sounded good to the board. But, you, yeah, um, results like these, yeah, they, they weren't in the plan at all, were they? No, and do we... Do we expect to see him change his approach? I think he has to. I think he has to decide on what his um, best 11 is, find that and and stick to it where he can. Do you see a formation change? Possibly, possibly. I mean, he's, he's played a, he has played a few different formations. Well, he played um, a lot of three at the back, didn't he? And used um, Manning as a, as a wing back on the left, which works a little bit better for him because from what I've seen of him defensively, I think he's been poor. I think we, we've, he's got a, a mistake in him. I mean, every game he's made a mistake, and it's usually led to a goal. But going forward, I mean, as you say, we saw what he did last week. He got two, um, two assists, didn't he, for our goals. So he can go mm. forward. Um, whether that's an option, I don't know. But again, we don't like playing three centre-backs, do we? It just doesn't doesn't work. Yeah. But having time, said time that... Time again, it managers wasn't, have tried it and fails. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't just the system, though. It wasn't just the yeah his tactics that, that let us down because there was some really really bad individual play. Obviously, you can blame that you know the Holgate when he gave the ball away. This is what Russell Martin wants to do. He wants the players to play the ball, move it out, and there's going to be mistakes that are made. And when they do make mistakes like that, they're going to be costly. But some some of the play, I mean, you listen to his post match comments. You can't blame the manager for the way that those players just didn't handle the ball. The way that they didn't track back, that's not on the manager, that's on the player's desire. And I don't know whether this is a massive, massive problem, whether we've got the wrong sort of players in for this this style of play. But there's only so much the manager can do. And this is the sort of thing that he's going to take a lot of a lot of uh, flack because of the, the, the way that he likes to play. But if the players aren't good enough... Then what do we do? I've got no idea. I don't know whether it, whether we can change it up, whether he, he he will. I don't know. Like I think it comes back to what you just said then. He needs to find his best 11, doesn't he? I don't see him changing formation. No. I think no, that he might... No, I don't see might, it happening, no. Yeah, I think he might change the midfield lineup and he mm-hmm. might tweak the... There might be, I'd say, three changes. Um, pre- predicting changes. I think the... Well, Howard Bell also come in for Holgate... Then mm-hmm. you've got, I think it'll be Charles Smallbone and Adam Armstrong, and then pick your, you know, pick your wingers, maybe a Dozy and Fraser, um, or hopefully, maybe even Suleimana if we can if we can get him healed up and be back. But he may not be good enough for a start. And Adams up top um, because uh, you'll hear in my preview that it'll be a it'll be a interesting matchup going up against Leicester. Mm, it certainly will be, yeah, and. Let, let's discuss the elephant in the room, uh, Gavin Bazunu. I know people are going to say that, you know, he's young, he will be great, um, but how long can we hang on to this? And when should we say that enough is enough and we should give up? Because, well, I mean, I guess we can't because we're stuck with him now. But um, admit that we don't have the time to be dealing with a project at this stage. And Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know. This, this team is pr- promotion hopefuls. We still are. And we need a stable goalkeeper. Uh, 
there's a lot of things that he doesn't do well. I mean, he doesn't parry the ball away particularly well, never seems to be able to hold on to the ball. Um, he, he doesn't seem to be able to deal with long range shots, seems to see it too late. Uh, he's beaten at his near post where he was for the third goal. And I've heard people saying that, you know, he should have come off of his line for the first one, possibly. Uh, the fourth, he was just let down by his back line after making a, he made a good save. And yeah, he has made some great saves, but in the time that he's been here, his negatives are far outweighing his positives for me. I mean, yeah, um, I mean, you're calling him the elephant in the room. I mean, not because of his size, obviously, but possibly because of his pace. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, we talked about it last week or the week before. Um, that it came up in the fans forum and uh, he, he was kind of out of character even in his uh, defence. He was like, you know, getting a little bit aggressive. So the, there's no conversation around the goalkeeper. We've got a first choice keeper in. And, and then uh, we see a performance like that. It's not all on him. Not all five goals are because of him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we only ever concede a goal because there are some weak links in the chain. And if all of the links in the chain are weak. If we're not creating anything, if we're going to be sloppy in possession in midfield, if we're going to be playing a high line and not tracking back, uh, if we're not going to be marking players, uh, then that gives the keeper a lot to deal with. And yeah, Baza, he he can't handle it, can he? No, it doesn't appear to be. I think there's two things. One, when he made those comments at the fan forum, he publicly wanted to support him because, well, goalies are obviously the most mental. And so if you're not all in on your, on your goal, on your keeper, it's, it can be definitely be a problem when it comes to, you know, quality of play overall. So I truly believe that Martin believed in him and I believe that they think he can be better. But I want to talk about what is the elephant in the room with, with him. And that is we constantly keep talking about him because yeah, there's a reason there's, for that, because he keeps there's one mistakes. thing. Yes, there's one thing or there's like these small mistakes or these small things. Well, like, oh, he got caught out or like you can find the reason for all the goals. And but he's a constant part of the conversation. And when he's a constant part of the conversation, it's not just a one off here. It's not just a, this here and there. It can be a, a big problem. And to me. I don't I don't see this working out really well uh, in in the long run. And if if we're going to win, uh, you know, and get promoted, it could be not necessarily in spite of him, but because he you know, not because of him. It's going to have to be others who are going to be stepping up. And my last hope and which I you know, I'm extremely positive on Howard Bellis from everything that I've seen is him being able to step up and be that last little bit, little last little effort. Because if we had, and we're like, oh, we're letting all these goals in, and you see that it could be the defense that could be the problem. Well, I think he's the best defender that we'll have on the team. And if he's able to be the best defense, we'll see what Bazunu can do from there. And if we don't, if Harvard Bells is the quality that we say, and Bazunu still lets in the goals, we can easily quantify and qualify that he's the, he's the problem and we'll need a we'll need an upgrade at some point from him yeah and we have seen in the past as well that uh he does perform better when he's got a better backline in front of him our backline needs to needs to take responsibility for like kev said if there's if there's more than one weak link then you, it, it's going to be a problem he's not being helped out by his defenders he certainly wasn't helped out on saturday 
um, especially for that fourth goal, which was awful all round. Um, but yeah, I just think he, he he's a solid, well, I say solid, he's a, he's a backup goalkeeper right now. He's someone that you want to keep hanging around because he's young, he's got a lot of potential. But you, if you're looking to, to go up in the league, you need someone that's going to be, we need a Fraser Forster. We need someone that's stable and, and a little bit more experienced, I think. And I just think, don't think that Bazunum is the right, he's at the right place in his career for the right club at the moment. Uh, it's also important to point out that it isn't just Bazunum and the, the entire backline needs to wake up. Awful debut for, for Mason Holgate and replaced by Charles after the hour. He gave the ball away countless times, one of which resulted in their second. Uh, Bednarik was terrible as well. Ryan Manning, and I've said before, you know, he, he hasn't been very good defensively. And this loss wasn't just because of Bazuni. Um, the, you know, the back the back five was about as useless as a condom machine in the Vatican. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. That's bad. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the one thing I will say on this is, is that the, the result happened at the start of the season. And if we needed a wake up call, this was it. That, you know, there's an international break. And I hope Russell Martin takes a look at everything and realises that things need to change and we've got the international break to wallow. The players are just going to dust themselves off and go again, aren't they? But Russell Martin's going to have this hanging over his head. His air of doing no wrong has gone and the fans will demand a response and he has to change things. And we haven't been great, even in the wins that we've had. Papered over the crack somewhat and shrugged it off because we're picking up points. But defensively, we were poor against Wednesday. We were poor against Norwich, against QPR. QPR had their chances to come away with a win. I mean, they hit the bar right at the end, didn't they, when it was 1-1. Uh, they just weren't lethal enough. I don't think this is a this is just a, a one-off. That's my worry. And I, I want to ask you, Kev, I, I, do we just chalk this off as a bad day and, and not panic? Has Russell Martin been figured out? Um, sometimes certainly is. Exactly. That's one. I mean, if if you have you know better play, no disrespect to QPR, if you have more lethal players, then yeah, that would have been another one. Yeah. Yeah, true. Hey, you know, it's a long season. We'll we'll see see how we do. But yeah, he's definitely got one to adapt. Everybody gets one. Uh, you know, the Spider-Man meme, uh, everybody gets one. Well, mm. this is it. Russell Martin is literally no different than he was with Swansea last year, except he just has better players. So the ridicules that you get for the high level of possession, possession for possession's sake, less clinicalness, you, you know, you, you're, you're going to lose against teams that are going to be on the counter. And then sometimes you're going to look like you're, you're prime Barcelona. And some games I think we're going to see down the road against, I don't know, it's just going to randomly show up against Watford or, you know, whatever, or any random, you know, pick whatever the team next time. We're going to look like absolutely amazing and things are going to be over the moon and we're going to look good. Um, to me, I think that everybody knows how to play against us. It's mm. just on us to beat uh, to beat them at with at and with our strengths. Should we just say that this is a league where we're likely to see ups and downs? You're going to see a lot of twists, and this is just championship football, isn't it? Um... This is just championship football. <laughs> I mean, this is you're literally you can, which is why I was like, you can lose to anybody at any point in time, and you can beat the snot out of any anybody at any point in time. But it's, it's, a gr- they, it's, it's the greatest. It's just the league manner in the of this defeat, Tim. Yes. You know, I know at this stage last season Burnley were worse off, which is is kind of a hope. But you aren't going to win every week. I accept that, but you don't expect to lose five 0 like that. You know, we're shipping too many goals, and it is a problem. And yeah, we're more open at the back than a whore on a Saturday night. Uh. <laughs> Kevin, uh, have you got any stats? Do I want to hear these? Probably not, but yeah, let, let's do it anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, still in charge of possession. 
and 68%. That is absolutely awful. I mean, I've been saying that all season. I mean, what is the point of all the passing and tip-tap possession if you don't do anything with it? That's pathetic. That is awful. Was it 32% possession and you win 5-0? Yeah. That, that's a breeze for any team, isn't it? I mean, you you can have the ball, but you, we know you're not going to do anything with it. Yeah, interesting stat is that um, Bazunu had five saves uh, that he made. Three of them he parried into danger. Wow. We'll look at their possession uh, stats. Uh, yeah, it's 764 touches, 88% pass completion. So I was saying 497 out of 567. Yeah, um, I don't have a times G, do you? <laughs> you call it a times G. Yeah, I do. Um, would you like to hazard a guess? Um, I reckon the, theirs is probably around three mark, and ours is probably going to be just below one. They're going to have, let's say, 2.8. And we're going to have 1.2. Oh, OK. Uh, actually, Sunderland had 1.8. But if Sunderland wow. had 1.8, so what, they scored five goals from 10 shots on target, Kev. Um, 1.8. Uh, and ours was mm. 0.9. So all that possession, you don't create anything with it. Just so, so poor. Um, yeah, just oh, awful. Awful game to watch. But yeah, um, Russell Martin then, I'll go on to his comments. He said, uh, to start... The game so poorly makes it difficult, but our reaction to the disappointment or to defend in the final third, all the stuff we have worked on wasn't good enough. Sunderland just fought more. They came out of every single duel with the ball pretty much and had much more willingness than us to run when out of possession. So you can't teach that. You can't manage that, can you? That's that's all on the players. So I I get that. Um, I think the fifth goal sums us up. We let the guy do three turns in our half with no contact at all. He crosses it and they score. I don't think that happens if one of our players does that. I'm pretty sure one of our players ends up on the floor from a Sunderland player. I told the players that we need to make sure that this is a hugely important day for us in terms of understanding what the championship is all about. It's important for me not to overreact with all the hurts. Your ego is dented and when you get beat and it's on the TV. Well, you should get used to Saints losing on the TV. That's, that's what happens. That's what we do. Uh, and actually, the Leicester games on TV as well. So, woohoo! Um, who was the kid who did like those three little turns? They, they were completely taking the piss at that point, weren't they? Well, they could, couldn't they? I mean, That's the it thing. was ridiculous. They, they were literally running circles around us. <laughs> literally. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they yeah, they what well, they were, they were. I know, I know. And they could do pretty much what they wanted. Um, yeah, you said ten shots on target. I didn't, I didn't um give us uh, the number of shots. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had, uh, eighteen you, shots, ten on target. Yeah, you said that uh, Bazzini yeah, made two. five, uh, five saves, uh, and yeah, mm. so they scored five, so ten shots on yeah. target. So yeah, that was it. But um, yeah, I know this is going to be difficult. Um, man of the match, who wants to be brave? I'll take it. Go on, Tim. Uh, okay, so everybody fucking sucked. It was shit. It was terrible. You know, look at look at all through. You can highlight. It's basically uh, you know a tragedy in in, in the scope of the entire setup. So what are, what are the silver linings? What are the, uh, you know, the chances to say, oh, you know, what actually looked good? Well, what I, there's only one player that without, you know, for the silver lining to me was, um, I'm going to take Sekumara because I feel like he was involved and in, in that he played out of position mm-hmm. and 
put, I wouldn't say put in a shift, but he acted like he was trying. Whether or not he was successful, that's a different part. But to me, I felt that between, between the transfer drama, him playing out of position, and going out and not look like he was just being complete ass, uh, I I have to give it to him just by default. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. I mean, I'm going to go with – I'm going to give it to Shea Charles because he had 27 minutes, and I don't want to give it to any of the starters because, as you said, no one deserved it. Um, he had two headers. <laughs> two shots, two headers, yeah, and okay, they should have hit the target. He was the closest thing to not failing, so I just think, and I said, I think at this point we should just use him as that centre-back, because why not? Um, The more I think about it, like every, every player that I've been tempted to give it to watching back the highlights, I've just seen some just horrific defending, horrific play, just horrific everything. I've tried thinking about it logically, so I've decided to go with the random number generator, the number it's come up with is number 26, and that's Ryan Fraser, so he gets that from me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, not 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 by his own merit, but just by pure random luck. Player ratings results from uh, from Pundit Games. Uh, so you've all submitted your... your <laughs> this is going to be interesting. I was really, really interested mm. to see this and to hear what what you guys have had to say following this, this shocker. I, I'll read the, the player ratings out first. Incidentally, Tim... Uh, your man of the match was uh, was rated the second worst player uh, with a with a two point nine five. Uh, mm-hmm. Holgate was last, by the way, with one point one four. That's no surprise. Yeah, I, I, I expected that actually, and mm. I didn't give it because I think his quality of play was unmatched. I think he's an easy he, yes. he's an easy um, what's the scapegoat term like yeah scapegoat. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I think he's I, an easy scapegoat for it. I do get that. I won't, yeah. I don't think, you know, you don't hear about him pouting or trying to do different things. I think he's out there and, you know, whether it's subpar. Yeah, and it's not you know, it's not his fault that he was out of position, right? It was just well, thrown yeah. off. Well, people are giving the, the lower quality. So, but I think Shea Charles is a great shout because he had those two chances. I think he actually solidified things when he came in. Mm-hmm. And I was super surprised that he actually, he straight subbed Holgate, Holgate for... Uh, whole game for, yeah. <laughs> uh, for, Char- for, Char- for, well, Charles, who's been filling in as center back now. Yep. I'm just, comp- I'm, because that is one way to piss off a player, because now he's on loan and now he's just going to sit around and he's not going to play. And he's either, is he going to have the pouty mood where he's not going to care? I, I think that's going to be what's happening, but that's okay because Harwood Bellis is going to come in and he's going to be amazing and we're, it's going to be a steal at 20 million pounds when we, uh, when we get promoted. Yeah, we're going to show you. I'm going to show you how it's done. This is this is how you do it. Um, I I don't think it's going to be the last we see of Mason Holgate. By the way, I do think we're going to see him again. <laughs> um, yeah, one bad game and that's it. You're on loan and that could that could end it. Yeah, okay. So I'll read out the uh, the, the top five then uh, of the the player ratings. We got uh, we got Downs fifth with four point zero five. Uh, how can you be fifth with 4.05? Awful. Uh, then we've got Ryan Fraser at 4.14. Uh, third is Kyle Walker-Peters with 4.23. Oh, Jesus. Adam Armstrong second with 4.45. And Shea Charles actually tops it with 4.55. So 
uh, yeah, there's your there's your responses. Any questions on any of them? Does anyone want to know where where anybody else was? Uh, let's talk Bazunu since we've made a big deal about him. Okay, so Holgate was was worse with one point one one point one four. Uh, Sekumara was second to last with two point nine five, and then Bazunu at three point one four, uh, followed by Manning, Bednarik, Aribo, Adams, Stu Armstrong, middle of the road. Uh, Fair enough. Small vein. Uh, Flynn Downs being that high up. That's a bit of a surprise. Kyle Walker Peters being third with, you know, part of the back line that conceded five. Weird one. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was always going to be difficult, wasn't it, this one? Um, I've got some comments. Um, so I'll start with the first one. Absolute shite at the Stadium of Light. Nice. Uh, next person. Awful performance. Mentally not there. Not sharp. Naive and entitled. Uh, the third comment uh, I'm going to read is, I don't think we could have played any worse, to be honest. Awful game from start to finish. Every player apart from Kyle Walker-Peters wasn't bothered. Urgent wake-up call that we needed to address throughout the international break. Uh, another comment here, which is brilliant, really, just says shit. Um, so yeah, I like that. Another one just says sloppy. Mm-hmm. There's a 300 character limit limit on this form. Pretend I wrote shit 60 times to max out the limit because that is what we were. If you skip the uh, the space, you can get it 75 times because I think that is actually even more appropriate. Do you want me to say shit 75 times or 60 times? Yeah. Uh, Should we reserve that for another nine now? Yeah. Although I haven't said that, you, you listen to this back again. I reckon we've probably said shit collectively more than 60 times. So, yeah. <laughs> shit, shit, shit. Yeah. Um, next, uh, concentration was all over the place. Uh, I think the squad today lacked some guts. Holgate was shocking. Uh, embarrassing, not good enough. Worse than the dross we saw last year. Ooh, there we there we go back to that. Oh, I don't know. Uh, no running, no tracking, no attempt to make tackles. Poor defensive positioning, poor positioning from the goalkeeper. Lackluster, no effort. Players thinking they are better than they are. Uh, crap and the last one is absolute dross so yeah have you got anything to say about that guys holy concur thanks again from everyone who's uh submitted their player ratings and uh and given a little comment it was uh, i love i love reading them out so yeah good or bad yeah so after the international break we have leicester it's a friday night friday the 15th of september eight o'clock kickoff under the lights at st mary's and again that is on sky Tim, what's their nickname? Lachester. <laughs> the Foxes. The Foxes. Kev, what's your nickname Nickname for the Foxes? The Tiny Brides. <laughs> okay. In ode to Ted Lasso there, uh, Lachester or Leicester City. Uh, honestly, the biggest upset in sports history, I, I don't think you can quantify in any sport ever. Because when you have a, for example, uh, you know, a, a single knockout tournament like the NCAA tournament or the FA Cup even is a, even good example. Uh, when you have 38 games over an entire season and where they were at, unbelievable what they were able to do. And that is the biggest upset in sports history. So 2015, 2016, and then they, they happened to win the, in the FA Cup in 2021. So they had a great run alongside us in the Premier League since we just both got relegated at the same time. Albeit they got they they were promoted in the 2014-15 season where we were there a few years earlier. 2013, so, we went up. Yes, yeah. So last year, what what happened? Well, they got relegated too, but it was the last game of the season, and ultimately Brendan Rodgers fucked their season. So. They couldn't recover from it, and you know, they just couldn't push past it, and it was unfortunate. Um, so this season, 
I mean, you look at it, everyone's saying, oh, they might be in uh, FFP restrictions or what's going on. But, I mean, they got to be – all three of us, Lester, Leeds, and and us, we have to be considered the promotion favorites, and they were the uh, betting favorites to go back up. Not a betting guy, but usually those odds make a huge uh, – give a good understanding of what's going on. And every relegated team should be, in theory, but – that's just the the way to say that they're supposedly the best team going into the championship season. So uh, last few times I've done, we start with the incomings, but I wanted to talk about the outgoings first uh, as they're more familiar to us. And they're really, really big names. The three ones that you're going to hit are James Madison, Harvey Barnes and Yori Tillman's. So between those three, I mean, you've got some heavy hitters. Uh, Madison is doing fantastic for Spurs. Uh, Barnes, while riding the bench for Newcastle, is, uh, is a great depth piece and will be very good for them, especially as they go into uh, their Champions League season. And Yuri Tielemans was, uh, you know, he was kind of a stanchable and kind of a shithead in the last season, but had some massive quality and is now playing for, for Villa, which coincidentally are getting spanked 3-0 by Liverpool at the moment. Um, but take a look. There's some less than key, but still somewhat important players that they lost. So Yuchu, center back. Christensen's on loan. He's out. Bobakar Samare. Timothy Castagna left at the win at the end, uh, the last day of the window. And then most of all, and most importantly, fan favorite, amazing player, former Saints player, Ryan Bertrand. New manager, Enzo Marseca. Well, he's the Man City product. And what's crazy to think about is, you know, we've been stealing all the academy players from Manchester City, but we didn't take their manager. <laughs> Lester did. He was their U21 manager. And, you know, we've got, I mean, we could have had the, the last few years, would we sign five, six players at this point? Completely crazy to think about. But I would have thought we would have signed Marseca. That would have, that would have made sense. Just keep being the feeder team for Man City. Well, um, they, they, they thought Russell Martin was the better choice. So, uh, you know, what are their incomings? The, the two, I want to say quote unquote famous ones because they are the, uh, Premier League player, uh, the Premier League, uh, signing that they had. That was Harry Winks from Spurs who started in the Champions League final and Connor Cody at center back who actually really isn't even played this season. So, uh, with some other, some other big names that they've signed and by big names are going to be quality, uh, or supposed quality. Mavidi, uh, from Toulouse, uh, Hermanson, who, you know, you'd think Danny Ward and Iverson and goal, they would have been fine and somebody would have picked, stepped up and they're like, no, let's just sign other, let's just sign a goalkeeper and he's been the starter ever since. Uh, he's actually looking really, really good. Unfortunately, Cesar Casadai. He's uh, he's on loan from uh, he's on loan from Chelsea this year. And uh, then last but not least is Tom Cannon, who had nine goals for Preston last year in the Championship, uh, on loan from Everton, which they signed on a permanent. Uh, so who are their key players? So uh, let's go with Dewsbury Hall. Uh, mm. He's he, he, he's their, I don't say their talisman, but he has really stepped up and he's going to be a very, very, very good player. Now, I don't think he's ever going to be, oh, so he's, gonna, he's not going to peak at the way Madison did uh, as he plays a little bit more, uh, not as attacking as a player, but it's still when it comes to the, uh, when it comes to the team and how they're going to work through the center mid, uh, center midfield, it's going to be him. 
uh, any, any Acho, they kept him around, which uh, I think that's a great, it's the the equivalent of us keeping Adams around, but I think he's a little bit better of a player. Uh, Ricardo Pereira, who, while they've had an injury history for him, if he's able to stay fit is going to be absolutely bombing down the right wing for him. And he's, he can even play on both sides. Uh, and then last but not least is look at their center back pairing. Uh, Walt Face and uh, former Southampton player Vestigar has started Yannick. every game. Yeah, Yannick has started every game for them. So just last most recently, they lost the whole city and who's actually a very improved team so far and looking really good. Um, they're third in the table, four wins. This is their uh, first loss. And so no one's uh, outside of uh, Preston, who's uh, uh, now uh, still undefeated, is the last team that is. So tactics, what are we looking at? Marseca's got a 4-3-3 out of possession, 3-4-3 with possession. They're going to play a high up the pitch. They're going to high. Um, they're really just going to be looking, you know, they're looking good. And I think outside of us, they're going to be, they're going to have the most possession uh, in uh, in in their games cumulatively for the for the entire season. So take a look at their heat maps, uh, whole, you know, against whole city, they had 68% possession and they're going to continually do that. Uh, and I'm actually super curious as to how the matchup mm. will be us versus them. So uh, take a look. Everything starts with their center backs. Uh, so, but, and then works through uh, Dewsbury Hall, Wink, Pereira is big. And we, we, we want to look at what venture guards falls being six, 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 seven. And, but remember him pinging balls from, from cross, yeah. field, from cross field. That is what he has. And that's, what's going to, they're going to look to do for, from him to Pereira, who's just going to bomb down the right. That is the scariest thing that I will see and take a look out for that. Because when you have, a, um, you know, cause that's just, I mean, that's just super dangerous. Uh, I think they've solidified the back in terms of their strengths, and they kept Inyato, which is great. Uh, weaknesses, I haven't really been able to figure it out. They, when it came to whole Yannick city, Vestergaard, he's a massive weakness. Uh, well, he's he's massive, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Yes, he's slow, but in the championship level, I think that's fine. He's not gonna. He he's not gonna. There, there aren't too many players who can really beat him or. Are going to be able to have the quality plus beating him around. Um, yeah, you, you, can't so, see, you can't see Adam Armstrong causing him any problems, can you? <laughs> uh, I think it would be funny to see him up against Suleimana, and I think Suleimana would just like within half a, half a second break him. It would yeah. be funny. A dozy, Sam Amaya, yeah, they, they, they'd all have yeah. a go at him. Yeah, I think I think that'd be all fun. They they only lost to at a hole because they couldn't finish. Uh, they had tons and tons of shots, but they just didn't have the clinical finishing. The Liam Delap scored, and they just sat back for the second half, and they couldn't break him down. And one of their most recent signings, Eunice Akugin, I didn't mention him. Uh, he didn't look really good, and it was his first start, so they they yanked him pretty quickly. Um, and which I think gave them less percentage chance since he was there as a starter uh, to not be successful. So I think you see Mavidi uh, come in uh, in that right wing position. What is really scary is Manning up against uh, Pereira with because of those long balls that Vestergaard is going to push. 
And we saw Vanny slip that one time and the goal was already scored. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Lots of things to consider. Uh, lots of things to think about. I'm going first on the uh, on the score prediction then. So I'm going to, uh, yeah, I was undecided. I was just going to actually listen to your preview and see what you had to say and then make a decision on it. I don't think we're going to win. I, I'm Maybe I'm just too focused on the loss uh, from, from Sunderland. Uh, and it's interesting to see, you know, their possession-based football and ours. And like you said, it's going to be a really, really good matchup to see who has... This is going to be a battle of possession, isn't it, really? Um, and if they've got the, the quality to be able to finish us, have we got the quality to finish them? Uh, I think this has got draw written all over it, and I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a good good draw. I think it's going to be two two. Kevin, you're next. Oh shit! I was going to predict a Desmond, but um. Oh, were you? Oh. Yeah, don't. It's going to be two one. Okay, to who? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever Tim doesn't say. Um, <laughs> is Tim going to predict the Saints win Leicester two one? 2-1 Leicester, two, away win. 1-2 Leicester. Okay, Tim, over to you. The the joy and the, the, the detriment of the championship is that anybody can beat anybody at any point in time. And to me, I you know, this is going to be a real fire, for fire, fire versus fire, a strength versus strength matchup. And what do we, you know? What are we going to see? What's going to happen? Uh, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to we're going to look better than we probably actually are overall quality. And I do. I'm going to go out and be bold. I'm going to say we're going to get our first clean sheet, and it's going to be one zero win. You are fucking crazy, Tim. <laughs> so every you know, take a look. Basically, I'll give a full prediction. I'll give a full roundup of everything. And then you completely throw out any guess because it's the championship and it's based on, it's a lot of it's based on feeling at, at some point. <laughs> Excellent. So much, much like the, uh, the Sunderland, uh, prediction one of us going for a saints win one of us going for a draw one of us going for an opposition win uh same again yeah at least, at least one of us is going to pick up points i think anything could really happen in that match you know we've got no idea how it's going to go any result is a good result in this game if you if even if they draw take it run take it run with it it's leicester and it's the best team it's the best team in the league or braided potentially the best team in the league take I, it run with it and go with I, it i i think leicester are champions by the way i'm just saying um I think same here oh 100 yeah. 100%. Um, yeah, as long anyway. As we don't lose by a five goal margin. <laughs> or a nine. Oh, I said it. Oh, please, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only person that go to went for a Sunderland win was you, Tim. Uh, so, uh, yeah, well done, Tim. I hope you're proud of yourself. I hate being right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no no change really on the, apart from you, Tim, moving up uh, from the bottom to the mid. Uh, but, yeah, Tim Brucker still has the lead at the top. Uh, so, get your. Leicester City predictions in again there's no real rush on it we've got um we've got a week off so yeah uh super six then uh round three was won by Terry Lubbock John Zakeen and Lee Davey with nine points uh the overall lead uh still with Andrew Knight and Stephen Allen on 28 points uh fantasy football then I've been waiting for this <laughs> very good day for me uh when your two starting forwards both get hat tricks yeah that, that that's good yeah uh, 75 points and counting. Actually, I've got Soboslai who's just scored. Well, he scored for Liverpool today, so I think I'm on. I'm on 83 at the moment. So, uh, yeah, Kev, can you beat that? I've got 73 at the moment and three players still to play. So if um, yeah, if Martinelli and Ketty and Rashford all get hat tricks as well, then um, I'll be laughing. Well, I mean, I've got Rashford as well. All right, if Martinelli and Ketty <laughs> score hat tricks against Man United, uh, yeah. Bad. I think you've done all right, haven't you, Tim? You've done all right as well. You're at 64 at the moment, and you've still got Every, Bruno Fernandes and Rashford. Everyone's Captain Harland, right? I think so. Yeah. 
Mm. I've got Sa- Saka, Rashford, and Fernandez still mm. remaining. Yeah, and you're on 64 at the moment, so that's good. He's uh, still kicking bum in our Podders League. Mm. Um, and in the big league, I am 70th. How oh, about you? I'm 95th. I've moved up. Okay, no, that's, look, that's good. Um, I, I think Tim's slipped down a little bit, but he's still... 24th. You moved down. 24th. Mm. Mm. Okay, well, so he's still, still going. Um, yeah, top three. Um, new entrants. I've got Jessica Morris in third, 256 points. Neil Seward on 262. And uh, Aaron Rashidsky on 263. That's quite close, isn't it? So it might, might change. Very close, yeah. Gaffer, how's that Gaffer. going? I got that. I Man, Kev, you are just absolutely destroying the league right now. Absolutely Ooh. destroying. But you and I both were uh, took a look at the uh, the chances and saw that most of our team were playing at home. So the fun thing about Gaffer is that those power-ups, the bonuses, uh, they come in thirds. So you have three chances to do uh, three three bonuses that you can do uh, within the first third, second, middle third, and then the final third. Um, so we took advantage of that home, uh, the home advantage one where you get 1.5 points per everybody who's playing at home and they remove the captain bonus uh so but kevin is just absolutely destroying the league with 304 points to me being in second place at 259 um absolutely taken about but ray you need to you need to have props because look at you you're one point behind me and you've had one left week overall so you are you have the best team uh, going so far and at this rate you'll catch kev by uh i mean by mid uh mid middle of the uh the season if it keeps going that way yeah yeah we're, it's, it's good that we're first second and third in the championship league 20, 21 points on the bench though that's annoying um yeah my twitter keeper and delap on the bench have uh cost me an even better potential league no, I had to lap, but he was my emergency captain, and stupidly I had Che Adams as my captain. Should have taken him out. Should have realised, but yeah. yeah. Begovic scored nine points, by the way. Mm, yeah. Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Right, enough of that shit. Right. Uh, that that is it, I think. But yeah. Next week, as I say, we're off. Um, a chance to forget, take a little breather, and purge myself. Now we'll be back on the on the 16th uh, to report for that Friday night game against Leicester. Uh, Tim will then hit us up with his preview on Ipswich, uh, which is another night game at St. Mary's. Uh, So until then, keep the faith, don't panic, and up the Saints. Up the Saints, please. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Southampton. Podcast Network.